my shoes and out the door. Five, I'm alive. Six, seven, eight. Hello BYWG Tribe, here's a quick less than one minute review of our supplement product and book of the month for September. At the end of the podcast, I will spend a few extra minutes going into finer details, so we encourage you to listen to the end. The supplement of the month for September is our potent probiotic formula called Probiotic Power Blend. The 10% discount code for the month is Gut Health 10 so that's lowercase G-U-T-H-E-A-L-T-H. 10. It is case sensitive. Our book of the month is The Buddha and the Badass by Vishen Lakiani. Great one. And the product of the month is Peak Teas, P I Q U E Teas, with the first time ever 5% discount on their entire line of teas using the code capital B, capital Y, capital W, capital G. All the links, discount codes, and special offers for the program, supplement, and book will be listed in the show notes and Apple Podcasts. Post on a social media, in our weekly newsletter, and on our website at www.beyondyourwildestgenes.com at the Listen Now tab. Thanks for listening. Hello, and welcome back to Beyond Your Wildest Genes podcast. My name is Dr. Noah DeCoyer, and I'm your co-host. Today, our guest is Dana D'Alessandro. I am very lucky to have many, many circles in my life. Chiropractic circle, functional medicine circle, BYWG circle, and my yoga circle, to name a few. Several years ago, I switched yoga studios, and I was so fortunate to meet Jody and Dan. Both have been on the podcast, and Dana, our guest today. I've been so intrigued by her social media postings, her openness, her story, and quite frankly, the exponential growth I've seen in her over the last year or so. I knew I had to have her on to share. So how are you, Dana? I'm great. Thank you. I am, you know, trying to multitask today. <laughs> living the dream, right? Like the rest of us, living the dream. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. So let me just first say that this podcast is for informational purposes. And if you are struggling with anxiety or depression or any of those types of things, which we'll be talking about today, please seek out professional help. Uh, Dana, let me do your bio and we'll dive right in. So Dana is a former negative bonding, gossiping, people-hating, crippled by anxiety, codependent, B-I-T-C-H. She radically transformed her life by joining an MLM and became aligned with her purpose to coach women who are where she was to no longer define themselves by their diagnosis and to reclaim their power. Her training and expertise is diverse. She has a BA in creative writing from Pratt Institute, is a certified yoga uh, teacher and life coach. She is very close to 500 hours of functional Yoga teacher training has completed levels one and two of neurosculpting meditation training. For over a decade, she served thousands of incarcerated and addicted individuals in both for-profit and non-profit sectors as an educator and a manager. During that time, she received extensive mental health, trauma-related, and crisis intervention training. More importantly, she is the she is in the trenches with you. Since her pre-teens, she has been a patient. Experiencing trauma at an early age, she has been under the care of clinicians for as long as she can remember and is on a lifelong path of self-discovery and healing. On top of her formal training, she has passion for research. She reads and takes all the self-study courses she can fit into her life to stay current and serve her clients at the highest quality and informed level. Her other favorite title is Mom. She has a sweet daughter named Zoe who is the cutest ever and a husband. <laughs> she loves adventuring, laughing, and doing life together with their family and friends. She's most reachable via the gram at Instagram.com forward slash Dana underscore D'Alessandro, which will be in 
the show notes. Woo! All right. I know. That was such a mouthful. It was, but that's good. So here's here's the title for the podcast. It's uh, How I Got Off a Laundry List of Psych Mids and Defied My Diagnosis. So with a title like that, let's first start off with you fleshing out your bio a little bit. Okay. So I feel like... The most important is the in regarding to regarding the title and what our focus is today. I feel like the most important thing we can focus on is from where I say like from for over a decade I served. Uh, I worked in a I worked in Essex County Jail for six years, and then I also worked in a drug and alcohol rehabilitation center in Patterson. And through working in these spaces, that was the catalyst for me to um, begin my journey of understanding that I didn't have to be um, on psychiatric medications and also just that I didn't have to accept the multiple diagnoses, uh, like diagnoses I had been given since about the age of 10. Um, but I feel like it's such a hodgepodge, my 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 bio, that um, if there's anything you want to ask me about um, other than just my trainings and experience, that's really it. I mean, I think your bio does say a lot about, you know, who you are, where you've come from, what your focus has been for sure. So then I guess then let's start here. So you, you've mentioned um, – psych meds, multiple diagnoses. I, I mean, I see this in my office all the time where um, mm-hmm. somebody starts with, you know, one one med, then it's two meds, then it's six meds, and then mm-hmm. all, then their brain chemistry is, is, is so, so messed up that it's a really, really, really scary, scary situation. So I can, let's start here. And you could be as open and honest or not open and honest as you'd like. When were you first diagnosed with whatever diagnosis you received? So my earliest, my first diagnosis was depression at the age of 10. 10. Um, yeah. So I I was, my parents, like, and I, I also just feel like I need to disclaim them in case, like, my mom listens to this or something. Mm-hmm. Like, I love my parents a lot, and I, and I fully am aware that, like, everything they have done for me in regards to like mental health and all this stuff was, was because they were um, trying to protect me and, you know, wanting to take care of me. Um, It just wasn't the case. Uh, So I started seeing a therapist at the age of 10 because I was kind of in the middle of a messy divorce and um, I got diagnosed with depression and I went right on Prozac. Um, And what, stood out for me that is like a memory because a lot of the memories are very like um choppy but what stood out for me like was being happy that my mom was happy that she like understood almost like oh this is why she's behaving like this this is why this is happening and so like I felt happy too but looking back I don't know if it was just like a byproduct of my mom being happy or if it was like my relief like my own relief. Um, But I think this is where the blame and the victim mentality like initiated, right? Which was like, my mom was like, oh, this is why 
she's acting like this because there's a chemical imbalance in her brain or something like that. Not because of the traumatic experiences that I had experienced as a young child. You know what I'm saying? Sure. So my first was at 10 years old. Yeah. And then it just, um, and I think the comfort in getting that diagnosis and the reaction of my support system, it just put me in a space of being very comfortable being diagnosed and being comfortable um, taking medication. Now, this is kind of hard because you were 10 years old, but do you yeah. remember, do you, so do you, did you think Prozac helped you at that age or no? Or so I, I don't recall, I really don't recall um, like the, if there was like an aha, you know, oh, she's doing great now. Um, I don't, I don't ever really remember sustainability in taking psych in taking any of the psych meds. I remember like blips of time where I felt good and then it just kind of fell apart again. And, and I don't expect you to know this answer, but you know, I, I, you know, I take care of a lot of patients and I take care of a lot of kids and, and, and a lot of times parents put their kids on medication because their doctor tells them to. And then I start looking to the, into the drug and there's no research at all that it's safe and if, or even effective for kids. Do, do you have any idea if that's the case for Prozac for a 10 year old? I honestly have no idea. I, I, when I started like to realize um, that there was potential negative side effects and stuff like that, I didn't, I chose actively not to look into them because I'm the type of person that if I read something, I, can, I almost would manifest that symptom into my life, right? Like if I saw that this could potentially be a side effect, I'd be like, oh, that's, I had that, that this is, this is, you know, this is happening to me. So when I was young and I was taking it just blindly, I didn't look I, I never read a label. I never, I just took it and I did it because I was told to do it. And then once I came off and, and, you know, decided to come off, I didn't dig into, you know, the potential negative side effects of it. So I, I don't know that answer about children. So, so was, and I don't think my parents do either. Right. So now was Prozac it was Prozac it for you for many many years or did that did that develop into uh, so different drugs or multiple drugs Prozac, or cocktails Prozac it yeah it was a it was a a kind of spiraling into additions to that as I got older so from 10 to about my teenage years I was like oh I'm totally ADD like I have to um I have to get on some drugs for ADD so I can concentrate, you know, and my mom was like, yes, you totally are like, and it was, it was like almost whatever was like trendy. <laughs> um, I was like, I have this. And my mom's like, yeah, you totally do. And, and we had, um, I was in therapy. So I was, if not every week seeing a therapist biweekly and I was seeing a psychiatrist who was monitoring my medication and it's it's funny because I looked her up after I was like reading these questions just to kind of see because I was young in her care and she 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 prescribed me so from Prozac it was uh, a couple of different ADD or ADHD um, drugs 
I know that I remember it was like Stratera and Adderall. And then there was another one that she gave me um, that was like a to go with the Prozac. Honestly, I don't remember the name of it, but I was taking three to four at, at a time at one point. Um, and I looked her up and I was like, wow, she has it, it now her whole tune has changed. She's talking about holistic, like a, a holistic approach to psychiatry. She's talking about mind, body and soul. And I was like, couldn't I have used that then? Like there was never even a question about spirituality, about physical activity and stuff like that. It was always, always just a mental game, always just a these are based on your thoughts and your behaviors. It was never, you know, she never, never considered anything else. Oh boy. Yeah, it's very common. I see that. I, I see that trend often now. Now. So you're, you're, you have multiple diagnoses. You're on multiple drugs that change. You're in therapy. You know, at, at what age did you start unraveling all of this? that you felt that this wasn't right. This wasn't the path I wanted to take. I didn't want to be on three, four medications that, you know, had to be constantly changed or monitored. I didn't have to, I didn't have to do this, that, like, when did that, when did that come about? So for me, it was when I started working at um, Essex County jail. I was, I was a teacher there and then I kind of evolved into what they, what I, when I left, I was called like the education coordinator. So I kind of developed an education program within the jail for the um, inmates. And I started to see a different side of mental health. Like I started to see, um, cause I worked in a program within the jail. So it wasn't, it was with, I worked with counselors, therapists, social workers, um, primary care physicians, it was all, they, we were all kind of a team working with um, these men. And I, I saw what the difference was between, and like, I, I have to, it's hard for me to say this because I don't want to be dismissive of anybody, but I, I, I'm only speaking for myself. Mm -hmm. Like what an actual person who was, clinically depressed and had anxiety looked like and how they functioned in the world. What a person who has actually has borderline personality and what those, um, what those behaviors like really are like on a clinical serious level versus myself, right? What a person who really is struggling with ADD and ADHD, what that looks like versus someone who got a diagnosis like myself. And, um, but prior to that rewind, when it started unraveling is because I, I felt this was my first real job, right? Like, so I was a little older when I was, I started, um, I think it was like 25 or 26. Um, I felt more self-reliant. I began to actually see like a future for myself at that point. Um, I felt more of a sense of purpose. I really like loved my job. I loved what I was doing. And um, 
I then was like, okay, I want to set myself up for success. Maybe I want to have kids. Maybe I want to get married. Like, and do I want to do that? Like on all of these psych meds, like, do I want to get pregnant being on all of this stuff? And so at that point, like, I think that the multitude of those things, I decided that I wanted to stop. And I told my doctor, like, and we, you know, I was thankfully, um, weaned off of them I didn't just stop right like I just it it was I was under the care of the doctor and and they didn't really give me any trouble either the doc you mean the doctor or the weaning off the doctor like it wasn't like oh no you can't do this right it was it was pretty much like when I went to them I I think that my doctor was like okay she's she's done like she's ready like there was no like oh I think it's a bad idea like even if they said to me it was a bad idea I had decided Right. I decided and I said, this is it. I also stopped, you know, doing any recreational drugs as well, because I did. I never was like addicted, but I would like smoke. uh, I would smoke marijuana and just dabble in other things. Um, And I it it was then that I just decided, like, I'm not doing this anymore. So do, do you consider that decision the most important step? Oh yeah. That was, that was the beginning. That was definitely the beginning. Um, for me, it wasn't like a smooth ride, (laughs) (laughs) but that was definitely the beginning. Um, life after identifying with being mentally ill and relying on the life that you've created for yourself based around being mentally ill versus basically being like reborn. It was like showing up as a completely different person. It it was not easy at all, but it was definitely, I knew what was happening. So I kind of was like, okay, this is what's happening and I'm going to stick with this. I'm not going to let this, uh, you know, resistance or this urge to go back. And, 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 you know, at that point that decision was made no matter what. And do, do you remember, do you remember, uh, the ups and downs? Did you remember how you dealt with them? Are there any specific examples where, you know, you yeah. had to really hunker down? I'm not really proud. You know, there's some, there's some not proud moments where like I, there was a point where I would be like binge drinking. Um, there was a point where I would like, um, just do things, oh God, you know, just, just not things that I would be proud of, Mm -hmm. um, where just, I felt like to almost like feel right to, to exist and to feel these things, um, or to try to try and rely on something else. Right. Like, so it was like, oh, I'm just going to be promiscuous for this period of time because that's, like a a self-medication almost because I was really just trying to um, find something to make me feel okay. And so, yeah, it was, there were roller coaster moments of I became a little bit too reliant on drinking. There was times where I was feeling like I was being a little bit too promiscuous. Um, 
that's really those are the those are the two fun ones that stand out to me right now. <laughs> and and do you do you do you look at those as part of your journey to to healing, I guess you could say, or to conquering uh, the issues you had? I do, I do, and and that's what it is. It was like in the moment. Uh, it didn't feel like that, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it felt like I was out of control. But I was when after like when I was reading this question, I was like, you know, through it all, even though it was like an un, it wasn't defined. I always felt supported. For, I always felt support from God, from from source, like from. I always felt like, okay, this is happening, and this is God awful. But I always knew. I was going to be okay. And um, it wasn't until more recently that I could actually start defining these things and sharing them. But as it was happening, yeah, I felt like I was spiraling. But yes, it all did feel like, okay, this is just a part of the journey. This is a, this is a part of the process. I, I mentioned this in, in, in the beginning. I, I felt, I feel that you have really stepped up your game so to speak, you've been much more open on the gram, as you said. Uh, is there a reason why I'm seeing this more often, or are you just more ready to share it now than ever? So the exponential change that yoga has had on my life and um, just being at the studio, right? Just be, just learning from Jody and Dan and, and just their way of like teaching and, and kind of mentoring. Um, in the past year, I have had a consistent yoga practice. Um, I have, and honestly, that has, that was like the missing piece in my journey because I would work out or I would I would do some physical activity, but never for healing purposes, always for aesthetic purposes, always to like lose weight or fit into a dress or I have a wedding in a month and I want to lose 10 pounds, like something like that. Right. But it wasn't until I. Um, I was really introduced to like the mind body spirit connection and how they all just work in this beautiful harmony that I was able to take the yoga teacher training, get out of my own way in a sense of the stories I had been telling myself about yoga and um, gain that confidence in myself to share. Um, But COVID (laughs) has really helped me also being, um, being away from church and being away from like the rigidity of church beliefs um, has also been a catalyst in me um, showing up more authentically. Okay, well, let's let's get like to, a, whole other, a whole other podcast. Yeah, we we no, we can get there first. Well, let's just like so. How did you? You know, for me. You know, I think it's, I can't remember if it's six, seven, it's more than five years now. I just, I walked into a studio, a yoga studio, 
because I was just tired of being inflexible, basically, is why I, <clears throat> why I started. And then that yoga studio closed, and then I found my way to become one. What was your catalyst to start uh, yoga? Okay, so I was introduced to – my catalyst is, like, not glamorous. Um, I – was working for Jody and Dan. So I was managing the studio. I was actively like promoting yoga, right? I was promoting yoga series, yoga teacher trainings. I was managing yoga tr teachers and I wasn't doing yoga. Um, I still had in my mind, like, this isn't for me. I'm going to do it wrong. You know, all of those stories around it. Like I, my idea of like a yogi was like a thin white contortionist, right? And that just isn't me. So I didn't identify with yoga. And Jody said to me, like, why don't you just take the teacher training? Like not to become a teacher. And I said, you know what? That's great. I need to be more in touch with what my with the product. So it was purely like a sales and marketing strategy was for me to take the yoga teacher training to learn more about yoga and learn how to share more authentically the products of the studio that I was managing. And it did not do that. It actually changed my entire life. <laughs> Just changed the trajectory of my entire life. I had debilitating shoulder pain. Like I would actually be throwing up like with the pain, like dry heaving, even Zoe would like, I would pick her up and I, I had like thrown her down a couple of times because I was in so much pain and I don't have that pain anymore. <laughs> Just learning about the anatomy, learning about the root causes of physical pain, learning about how to, you know, move my body specifically for my misalignments and posture and just all of that stuff was it was so eye-opening how yoga and functional yoga more so than um, other types of yoga um, there's such a connection to mental health and so that was my catalyst was marketing and sales and then what it turned into was it being just that missing piece to uh, empowering myself and you just like responded to an ad from become one or something like that to start working there? No. So Nina, Nina, um, who used to do Moonchild children's mm -hmm. yoga mm -hmm. in, um, she was friends with my husband and like was following me on Instagram and was like, Hey, I really love what you're doing. Like, I love what you're posting. I think we're, we're like super aligned. So we did like a, an event together. And then she's like, I think you should meet Jody. So I went to her community class and Jody was very uninterested at first in me. <laughs> she just was like, yeah, hey, how you doing? And then I reached out to her about just helping the studio with their social media. And so it, we kind of took it from there. It was a very gradual. Um, at first, I just was helping them with social media. Then I quickly... Um, well, not quickly. It was like over the, a course of a year, um, became the manager, left my job at the rehab and started working with them, um, full time. That's a good, that's, you said that was not glamorous. That's a good story. You should have started off with that. Okay. 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 <laughs> that's uh, that first part, 
yeah, you know, you know, Jody and Dan have both been on um, the podcast, and they're great. They're great friends of mine. You know, um, we we we've helped each other. I've seen both of them in my office, and of course, I've consulted with them for some issues I've had, and, and they're and they're great people. So. If anybody's interested in, in what they do or a little bit more on yoga or their stories, please check out the, the podcast I've done with them in the last year and a half or so. Really, 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 really good stuff. I think you've touched uh, upon this question already several times, but I'm going to ask it one more time. Um, what makes you want to share your story from my perspective more now than ever? So, let's see. I feel like that I had to really dig to find a different perspective on my mental health, um, on what actually being diagnosed with mental illness is, what, what you know, pharmaceuticals are. I felt like it, I had to dig for the options that I have now. I also feel like throughout my journey with like therapists, psychiatrists, any type clini clinicians, counselors, all of them, I feel like looking back, they represented like what I couldn't do for myself. And even though it was under the guise of self-help, it wasn't self-help. It was relying on, someone else to do something that essentially I was sitting in front of them telling I couldn't do by myself. And like, I think the medication also represented my inability to self-correct physically. Um, and I want to share with people that like, we have the power and the responsibility to potentially, if that's what you want to do, do this on our own without, um, without releasing our power to really what it is, it's consumerism, um, you know, just consuming uh, modalities of mental health um, and consuming medication. If you want to take a different route, it's there for you. And I think more and more as time goes on, um, we have to dig less and less. But I think I want to share my story in case someone is like, holy crap, I don't want to be a miserable B-I-T-C-H anymore. I don't want to do like, you know, I don't want to take this. I, I, there is another way and it may not be my way, but just encouraging someone to see that the ways that are laid out in front of them are there's more and it's OK if they don't work. You're not broken if they don't work, if, if you know, therapy, traditional roots, if they don't work for you. It's not. It doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. It just means we are individual. We may be a suffering as a collective, but our reasons for feeling anxiety, depression, for being ADD, for having, um, you know, bipolar-esque, you know, symptoms, it's all different. So the cure, the 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 healing modality is going to be different for everyone. I want to spread that. Sounds good to me. I hope this podcast interview helps a little bit with that. Yeah. So final question, or basically the final question that I ask all my guests are, Dana, what is your daily routine from waking to sleeping? I 
I don't have one. Um, I struggled with this from, for a really long time, like condemning myself. You are not a high product. You're not a high productive person if you don't have a routine. So I don't have a routine. I do have non-negotiables, right? Okay. So it, I don't have a set amount of time. I don't have a set time to do these things, but there are non-negotiables, which is journaling, meditating, and a minimum of five minutes of yoga. So those are things that I do every day, but the times that I do them shift. Like for the past 21 or 25 days, I journaled every morning and that wasn't working for me now that we started school. Uh, so now I'm journaling in the evening and doing my like meditating and journaling in the evening as opposed to in the morning. But those are my non-negotiables. Definitely try to get more than five minutes of yoga in, but five minutes minimum. Hey, you're teaching a class tonight. You'll be getting more than five minutes in today. I yes, exactly. And then I have I have a private after that. So Thursdays are my nights to move. <laughs> you do. You got private awesomes. That's cool. Yes. That cool. Yes. All right. So what's the best way for people to reach you? Right now, it is still via Instagram and. I am pretty active on it. I'm available. It's at Dana underscore D'Alessandro. And that's it. Sounds good. Any last words? <laughs> no. Thank you for, for hearing my story. I hope that this could potentially help someone. I do too, and I know it will. Dana, we truly appreciate the time you have given us today. My name is Dr. Noah DeCoy, your co-host, and you are listening to the Beyond Your Wildest Genes podcast. If you like what you've heard today, please share this with your friends and family. Encourage them to subscribe on iTunes. Thank you, and as my oldest son Hayden says, be awesome and never unawesome. Hey, guys, and I'm back. Our September supplement of the month is our very own probiotic power blend. Probiotics are probably one of the most varied and confusing supplements available. There are over 200 strains of probiotics and not are all created equal or have the same benefit. We have done the hard work for you. We spent months researching the best recommendations and reading the current literature to identify the top nine strains to include in our probiotic power blend. Probiotic power blend contains probiotic strains that are temperature and acid resistant, so they make it through the stomach and into the intestinal tract for more effectiveness. For the entire month of September, if you use the code GUTHEALTH10, you will receive 10% off this incredibly potent probiotic. You can pick it up at our office or our website at www.beyondyourwildestgenes.com. The September 2020 book of the month it's the Buddha and the Badass, The Secret Spiritual Art of succeed, Succeeding at Work by Vishen Lakhiana, founder of Mind Valley. Both Dr. Mike and I loved this book and recently devoured it in just a few days. For me personally, the last chapter specifically revolving around the idea of lofty questions was specifically empowering to me. We highly suggest you check out this book. Our highlighted product of the month is a return favorite and one of my personal favorites as well, peak teas. Peak teas are the freshest and rarest plants extracted via 
a proprietary cold brew crystallization that gently preserves active compounds at maximum potential. They include things like green teas, black teas, herbal teas, superfoods, and so much more. You just tear open a small sachet, mix it with either cold or hot water per directions, and you have an incredible tasting, incredible healthy beverage ready to go. And they pair beautifully with probiotics for great digestive health. Here are some benefits. They support gut health for healthy digestion. They support a healthy immune system. They can provide calm energy because they're usually high in theanine, and they support healthy weight management. For our listeners, just go to their website at www.peakt.com and use the code capital B, capital Y, capital W, capital G for 5% off their entire site. Some of my personal favorites, without a doubt, are sacred oolong tea and the hibiscus tea. Thank you for listening, and as always, be awesome and never unawesome.